This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Good morning with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. That still sounds nice, doesn't it? You're home for the world champion. Texas sure, Rangers. Sure. Yeah, sure does. That's, that's, I mean, that's still going to be relevant for a year, almost. I mean, it's 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 really cool. I mean, it's still <clears> kind of <throat> hard to believe. At least, at yeah. least a year. Mm-hmm. Nothing says they can't go back to back. Sure, right, right. And Bruce Bochy is going to be back. He said that yesterday. He had signed a three-year deal, and you know, it's like, why wouldn't you come back? I mean, it's like you know, you're the defending champion. You've got you know. Still, a lot of young uh, players uh, right there with you, and and a, a, a core of uh, of great uh, great players and pitching staff and all this kind of stuff. Uh, this uh, first text, uh, and this was not the first kind of message I got uh, like this um, over the last twelve hours or so. Uh, still nervous, Chuck. <laughs> um, no. No, but I. Oh. I do think it's a fair question. It is. A, it is a very fair question based on. I mean, on what someone I said. was sandbagging so bad we lose hundred points in spades. Well, here, here's the deal. I mean, they had, they had, uh, and we're talking about the uh, the women's game last night with the uh, Rio Grande Valley. They had, and, and I don't want to take anything away from what what took place last night, but they had one of their players who did come back. She did play last night. Did not play very well, probably because mostly because the Lady Raiders just put just intense defense on her, but. Um, they were missing another one of their players um, who was their second leading scorer coming in. Uh, she played on the Tyler JC national championship team. And so she was, she was out last night, but Does she averaged 40 points a night. No, she averaged nine and uh, almost eight rebounds a game. And uh, she was their, their big offensive rebounder and put back girl. So, so let's give them the nine points. So 53 <laughs> goes to 62. Okay. I was, <laughs> man. Lady Raiders could have won that game by seventy if they wanted. To. Yeah, no, no, no question, no question. Jess Shavers had a really good night last night. She had twenty six that ties her career high uh, as a Lady Raider. Uh, she did uh, twenty six last year against Kansas State. Bailey Moppin had sixteen, um, and then uh, ten points for uh, Riley McKinney and and uh, eleven for Elena Urique. Who I th- I was really impressed with her ability to get up and down the floor and just be inside, uh, be physical, uh, kind of move some people out of the way, get some rebounds. So I was I was uh, I was encouraged by what I saw last night. And Kyla Freelon had seven with six rebounds. Then uh, so they they were just uh, they didn't, didn't really start a big last night. Is that something that you expect to see? Um, and against that team, Chevalier was the, in the starting lineup as more of a point guard, right? And we had heard Bailey Moppin would be the starting point guard, but uh, she was moved off the ball, and then mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't start a big. Freelon was Freelon was the tallest player that you played, who's you know crazy athletic, and mm-hmm. she's got length, but I wouldn't necessarily call her a big. No, um, I liked the lineup, I really did. I just just wonder if that's something that she's going to plan to do. All season longer, if that was just about the Vaqueros, uh, I, I think um, I think a little bit of, of both, but I think primarily because of the Vaqueros and the way that they thought that they were going to get up and down the floor, and just knowing that 
they've they've got some of the the bigs that can't get up and down the floor at that at that pace. Uh, but Elena Enrique, she she played you know a number of minutes at times and went up and down the floor uh, and and didn't have to ask out uh, because of being gassed. So I, I was I was encouraged by that. But 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 the speed of the game was why they did that. The speed of of uh, UTRGV. They felt like they were going to be able to get back um, faster on offense, and they wanted to be able to match that. Okay. Well, when mm-hmm. they they pressed, they didn't get back fast on offense. The Vaqueros didn't because yeah. they just kept turning it over. Yeah. Yeah. Their and, press was so good against mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah. I, I I hope that was something that she saw and liked, and they said thought to herself, "Hey, man, this is something we can use a lot." This yeah. Year. What What did you think of Jordan Merritt? Yeah, I mean, wasn't um, outstanding, but you can see, I mean, the numbers weren't just spectacular or anything. Kind of filled the box score with a bunch of, you know, um, little here, little there, little all that good stuff. But you can see she's oozing with talent and uh, is crazy athletic and is going to really help the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she just uh, the ball just didn't. I mean, the ball didn't didn't find her a lot last night. It felt like yeah, she had she had seven rebounds, she had four assists, she had three block shots, she had three steals. Um, and, and then, uh, she had six points on the night. I mean, she only put up six, six shots. Didn't take a lot of shots. Yeah. But the, you know, the other stuff that she did was very complimentary, you know, in terms of the block shots, the steals, um, she, she got four fouls, got a little, little bit of foul trouble. Yeah. She looks like a great player. Mm -hmm. She looks Um, like a great addition. And, and I think, I think, I think the thought with using Chevalier at the, at the point to start things off last night was about also getting mopping uh, comfortable, getting her some points, and then, you know, kind of shifting things around a little bit. But Chevalier's in, in much better shape than what she was a year ago. Uh, and so you saw her be a little bit quicker and saw the ball handling from, from her last night. And so I, I think that they'll continue to probably use some of that as, as well. But yeah, you know. I'm I'm anxious to, and maybe maybe a little bit nervous to see how the Bailey mopping at point guard. Mm hmm thing works just because to me she's such a great scorer Mm -hmm. and you want her being able to score right and um not to say that she's not a creator and a distributor but just she's a scorer Mm -hmm. she's got a scorer's mentality right okay and so i've just been a little bit nervous about her playing the point guard position and just to see how your what your offense will look like but maybe it's a situation where you're like hey we're going to get our best five players on the floor on the floor um and if you're going to do that, if you're going to play with your best five players, you're probably not going to play it big. You're going to see yeah. the lineup like it was last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because even Merritt has size too. What is she's six, six three, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's plenty of length there. It's mm-hmm. just you know some of these teams that are a little bit bigger than that or bulkier, especially when you get into Big Twelve play. Yeah. Yeah, and and Freelon plays at a at a higher level too, but she's she's long and and lean. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. She's, so she, but like he's like great he said, athlete. she can jump. She can certainly jump out of the gym. So, um, anyway, so I, I thought it was you know, check check one on uh, the only the only concern that came out of the game was like thirty seconds to go in the ball game. Uh, Jess Shavers went down to the floor, um, and then she rolled up on Jada Win, and Jada had to be helped off the off the floor. I mean, that, again, thirty seconds to go in the ball game, and there's just a, a loose ball and. Shavers and a and a Vaquero are going for it, and Jazz kind of gets rolled into the back of Jada Wynn, and Jada went down. So I'm hoping that that her knee is okay, but she had to be 
She had to be helped off and looked to be in a little bit of discomfort. So hopefully that uh, turns out to be okay because, man, you've uh, you've been walking wounded already, and we're we're just into to game one. All right, so they'll be back in action on Friday night, and we'll have it for you on uh, 107, 107.7 Yes FM. Yeah, uh, that'll be at six thirty. They'll take on Tarleton State on uh, on Friday night. So. Big, big night of uh, action on Friday night. We'll have uh, our very first Liberty uh, basketball game. They'll take on Monterey. We'll have that on 93.1 Texas FM. That's at 7.30. And then uh, Lubbock, well, excuse me, Friendship will take on El Paso Eastwood. That'll be at 6. Uh, will be our coverage. That'll begin our coverage there on, uh, on Double T 97.3 as they're in, in playoff action. We'll have playoff football tomorrow night as uh, Lubbock Cooper plays host to El Paso Parkland. That'll be at uh, at Cooper at the Pirates' place. It's a four thirty uh, broadcast time and a five o'clock kickoff. So, it's uh, it it's upon us that uh, playoff football. And there's uh, there's lots of it in the area as well, including uh, tomorrow night Hale Center taking on New Home. That'll be at Lowry Field. That'll be at four o'clock for those of you that want to get out and and see that uh, tomorrow afternoon. Andrews plays at El Paso Austin tomorrow. Seminole and Pecos play at Ratliff in Odessa and Seagraves in Sudan will play at Tiger Stadium in Slayton. And then over at uh, Friendship at Tiger Stadium, it's uh, Borger and Monahans. if you want to get over there and see them. Meanwhile, Rawls and Ropes will play in Abernathy and Dalhart and Denver City will play the late game at Lowry Field uh, tomorrow evening. So uh, lots of area high school football playoff action as week one for that begins tomorrow your daily dose of sports and fun this is the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction good to have you with us this morning on lubbock sports station double t 97.3 and double t 97.3.com with jamie lent and jeff mcguire i'm chuck hines we uh look forward to hearing from you this morning on the yates flooring center chat line Go to double-t-97.3.com for that or the mobile app. The Visual Edge IT hotline is open, too, at 806-771-0973. Is there, um, are you afraid of bats or do you, do you, I say afraid, do you ever think about bats and does it bother you? Do bats bother you? What are you? I'm Batman. I'm not super fearful of bats. Okay, they uh, they had a a bat problem at the uh, Nevada game uh, last night. I, I think bats are uh, commonplace there in um, in Reno, but apparently inside their arena, Jamie, like it's kind of commonplace that like thirty bats live there. So we have the like the possum problem here. Or the fox problem here over at Jones Stadium? I, yeah, I don't think it's a problem. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe. You won both of those games. Okay. There's no problem there. They had to delay the second half uh, due to bats invading the arena. This happened with 540 remaining in the second half. Uh, there was a delay. Uh, they, uh, then the Wolfpack uh, closed the game on a 17-6 to run to beat Sacramento State. 77 to 63 but apparently it's not the first time the bats have taken over the arena it seems to me that the the bat community is prevalent there in reno 
Seems like they've got a lot of bats there. Like they've, uh, they've got them down in Austin too. They've got them down in Austin too. Aren't they in San Antonio too? Isn't that where Ginobili had to swat at the one inside of the Alamo Dome? Yeah, I don't. I assume that was there. I, that I would be a I'd be afraid of getting bitten by a bat and then turning into a vampire. Isn't that what happens? You get bit by a bat. Yes, that's one hundred percent what happens. <laughs> Okay, well, again, just, uh, just, it was just. Even a fruit bat, if it bites you, you turn into a fruit. It does? Okay, okay. I don't know, just, I thought that was, I thought that was kind of, in, kind of, in, in, kind of interesting. Um, is there a, is there a particular stat for Saturday's game that you're kind of looking at to go, okay, if we do this, then it's, it's a, it's a good, it's a good day for the Red Raiders? I would guess if you, I mean, the obvious one is the turnovers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would guess if you were able to really, really slow down their running attack, okay, then you would have a great chance. Uh, last year, in a forty-three to twenty-eight win for Texas Tech over Kansas here in Lubbock, uh, the Jayhawks rushed thirty-two times for two hundred and forty-two yards. And this may surprise this may surprise people, the Red Raiders rushed 48 times for 265 yards. So that's 16 more plays than what Kansas ran. You were able to get 23 more yards. Um, You also had a substantial number of plays, more plays, 82 plays. They did have more total offense than, than Texas Tech. Jayhawks were 65 plays, 525 yards. Tech, 82 for 511. But when I when I looked at that this morning, I was like, "Oh man, that that kind of surprised me that you outrushed them." I just I'd kind of forgotten about that. Um, and the one guy that I mean, they they rushed for 242 yards. I mean, their their top guy, Devin Neal, rushed 24 for 190. So he he's the guy that is is the obvious guy that you want to contain or stop or keep from from going crazy on you. Yes, sir. Um, for Texas Tech, Tyler Shuck ran it 12 times, 76 yards. Sir Roderick Thompson, 7 for 69. Cameron Valdez, 11 for 66. And Taj Brooks, 16 times for 51 yards. And then Donovan Smith had one rush for 6 yards. So it's we've seen, and, and part of it's because he's been dinged up, although you've seen a little bit more of him here lately. But Valdez running 11 times, and then Taj only running 16 times, but obviously he was, you know, splitting a lot of that time with, with Sir Roderick Thompson. Thompson only ran it seven times. So that, that's, uh, that's something I, I do feel. And, and just in talking to folks around town and, you know, my fellow offensive coordinators and, and head coaches, you know, that are all putting their various game plans together, Jamie. Oh, sure. You know, um, mm-hmm. that, that Glad the, we got them out there. <laughs> that the thought was, is that Jason Bean is going to, is going to give you some opportunities for turnovers, whether it's fumbles or interceptions. Uh, he was intercepted once uh, last year. Tech was uh, not intercepted at all. Uh, the passing department, 24 of 30, 246 yards. And uh, Jason Bean was 17 of 28 for 270 and then threw a one interception. So they did have a guy, Ethan Vasco, who was 3 of 5 for 13 yards. Um, 
So, uh, it, it, and he may put it on the ground too. A bean may, bean or dean could put it on the ground. You just got to be able to to take advantage of those opportunities when they're when they're throwing it to you or fumbling uh, to try to uh, you know fall on the fall on the football. Uh, this uh, our pass defense worries me. Looked bad Thursday night. Uh, getting Steve Linton back would be a help. Yeah. Um, just because I think the problem that you had in your past defense the other night was that you couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this Texas defense needs to slow down their running back and allow our running back to run. But our receivers are going to need to step up. We need at least 21 points to stay ahead of them. I think that means to say by halftime to stay ahead of them. I don't know if you need 21 to stay ahead of them, but, um, you know, the more that you can put up, the better off you are, obviously. Yeah, I I think you, this is the old, hey, let's uh, try to run the football a ton to keep them off the field, keep their offense off the field kind Mm -hmm. of game. I think you're um, one of the ways that you can, help slow down their offense is to not let them on the field. So you need your run game. You need your offense to be efficient. Um, but I do think it's going to take uh, the passing attack to – because I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think you're going to have to keep up, and I think that's going to mean your passing game is going to need to be clicking a little bit as well. 6.40 this morning here on the morning drive. Pow! Bam! Whiff! Try to do all that this morning here on the morning. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire and Chuck Hines. We've heard from the host of the high school fan zone, Garrett Luft, who's also the host of the Double T 97.3 Coors Light postgame show with regard to Monterey and Liberty. Uh, Monterey JV, big rivalry between these boys. Sophomore classes, it's going to be a highly underrated environment to open that gym. My son is on the JV at Monterey if he makes the team today. Okay. If he makes the team today. Well, good luck to Master Luft. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, and we talked about this. He and I talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have the, the names on the window or anything like that, you know, where you go up there to see if you made the team or not. I think that's good character building um, to, to do that. Um, I don't know the joy of seeing your name on the window. I just know the, the <clears throat> agony of defeat of not seeing your name on the window. And you know, does it go game by game? I mean, wouldn't you have thought you would have known that if you had made the basketball team or not by, by now, I don't know. I don't know how they do it over there. I wonder if they do game by game. Like this is the team that we're, we're going with this week, but this game then it changes game by game. I don't know. That's crazy to me. He said, uh, I mean, you would think that they would have known and right, they would have been right. practicing together for yeah. weeks. Yeah. Uh, he said they went 25 and four as freshmen last year, two and two split with these kids while they were at uh, Cooper. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> okay. He said the Monterey varsity plays Brownfield open the season Saturday in the new box. It's a 2.30 tip, the new box. Okay. I wish you could have. I wish you could have seen what the old box really looked like in the environment because it was, it was, it was intimidating. It was loud. It was, it was pretty cool. Was it a, in fact, a box? Well, it was. It was Four very walls, roof. 
it's not it doesn't exist anymore no i think it does it's just different because they yeah when it's they I, don't use I it. was watched a game in some back gym uh last year that yeah. i think they said was the old box the old box yeah, yeah. that's where they used to play the varsity games mm-hmm. and it was i mean it was it was loud it was tight all those all those kinds of things it was it was really really hard hard to to be an, a, a, an opponent there. Mm-hmm. Uh, good atmosphere, though, I bet. Yeah, it was. It was a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I'm a grown man, and I'm giddy about basketball starting tonight. Okay, good. <laughs> good. good. You found your one. <laughs> We're always looking for... So there's always. It's always good to know this. It's comforting to know that there's at least one other person like me from time to time. I wouldn't put that stink, stink on them. They just, they're just giddy about basketball tonight. Okay. All right, uh, Texas Tech meets Kansas on uh, on Saturday at eleven. They do. They do. That's the the kickoff time from Memorial they beat Stadium. Kansas on Saturday. I said they meet. Meet. I thought you said beat. I was like, no. really? They meet. They we meet. already know we won the game. No, I looked at my crystal ball. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. Uh, Joy McGuire was asked the other day how he uh, thinks that his team will slow down the KU offense. You know, we, we've got to limit their big plays, their explosive plays, because uh, they're, they're going to have them. I mean, that's that if you look and it's they run the ball really effective uh, with number four, number 20, the quarterback can run the ball. Uh, they're really effective running the football. We've got to do a good job of uh, being right in our coverages, because that's if you look, uh, they have just as many explosive plays in the passing game. And a lot of it's off of play action. A um, lot of window dressing on their plays as far as, you know, uh, w- trying to get your eyes going in the wrong direction. And, and they had two huge plays. Uh, if you go back at the end of the game, um, and really good scheme plays, they had two huge plays, one to number two. Uh, it was off an option look, and the safety started playing the option. Number two ran right by him against Iowa State. And then they ran like a little – uh, ISO pop play. Uh, Baylor used to run that all the time uh, with Coach Bryles and to number 47 that converted a big first down in that game. And so really being disciplined in the secondary and saying, hey, we're going to allow our, you know, our front and our linebackers to really try to stop the run. So Jason Bean is our quarterback. He's thrown for 10 touchdowns this year. He's a guy that you're going to have to contain. And Devin Neal, 136 rushing attempts for 828 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, comparatively, Taj Brooks, 192 uh, rushing attempts for 1,033 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Baron Morton on the year, 96 of 155, 978, and 10 touchdowns. Maybe another uh, key thing uh, for the Red Raiders will be uh, the status of Steve Linton, and Coach McGuire went into that. He's the edge rusher. He was out last week against TCU with back tightness. Here's Coach McGuire on his status. Should be good to go, um, and we're hoping, you know, he, he, uh, it happened like Wednesday afternoon, uh, his back tightened up, or excuse me, it was Tuesday afternoon, I'm, I forgot we played on Thursday, so I was thinking about it, it was a Wednesday practice, and that was a, uh, a Tuesday practice, and so um, back tightened up, uh, we tried, you know, all the way up into game time to get it loose, um, he felt much better yesterday, uh, you know, and, and saw him this morning, um, you know, he was getting treatment this morning, was hanging out with Blanchard. They were looking, you know, at the tackles already of, uh, you know, uh, different guys that we're going to play and different guys that are doing good things around the country. And and um, and so I feel good that he'll be able to play. 
Really important. I think those edge rushers are just massive this weekend. We talked about it early on in the season. We haven't really talked about it as much of late. I feel like you've improved on it is, you know, being able to set the edge. And I don't think you did a good job of that in the Wyoming game. That's when we really were harping on it. And uh, probably we could say the same thing about the Oregon game where you need those defensive players to force everything to the back into the teeth of the defense on the inside and you can't let that quarterback get outside and turn the corner. And so I, I think that's going to be massive in this game against Jason Bean. Uh, Miles uh, Cole leads the Red Raiders with three and a half sacks uh, on the year. Their uh, leading sack uh, person uh, for the Jayhawks is Austin Booker. He has six sacks. And so it's going to be important for your offensive line to protect Baron Morton and keep him from uh, – you know, causing problems, Booker. Yeah, I don't really think this is about the rush edgers being able to sack the quarterback. It's great if they do. Uh, I think it's about your rush edge rushers and your uh, your outside linebackers being able to force things back to the middle of the field and not not giving up and uh, not allowing them allowing them to turn the corner and okay. you know get north south and pick up big yardage. Yeah, and get those get those explosive plays like he was uh, like Coach McGuire was talking about. So. It uh, and then and the other thing, I mean, they're they're pretty split on uh, on rushing and passing. I mean, uh, it's pretty close. They they rush the the ball almost two hundred yards a game. They throw for almost two hundred and thirty six yards per ball game. Um, and then conversely, Texas Tech's at one seventy two in terms of the rushing and two thirty seven in terms of the passing. The Red Raiders have scored thirty five touchdowns on the year. KU has scored forty two. So they average about 35 points a game. Texas Tech averages 31 points a game. They have uh, wins this year over Missouri State, uh, Illinois, Nevada, BYU, uh, UCF, and Oklahoma plus Iowa State. Their losses came to Oklahoma State and Texas, and they are 7-2 and two on the season heading into uh, this ballgame with Texas Tech. They'll finish up with Kansas State at home and then on the road at Cincinnati, so uh, they're uh, they're trying to uh, get to a ten win season. They don't have very many of those. Uh, you'd have to go back to oh uh, uh, seven, oh eight, uh, when they had those uh, those kinds of seasons. So it's been it's been quite some time uh, for the uh, for the Jayhawks. Uh, Seven twenty four this morning here on the morning drive. We've got basketball tonight. Coverage at six. The tip at seven. I've got two basketball tickets in my hot little hand here. And we'll take uh, caller number one on the Visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973. That's 806-771-0973, your number to call and win a couple of tickets uh, for the ball game tonight. Red Raiders take on Texas A&M Commerce. Again, the tips at 7. Coverage here on Double T 97.3 tonight at 6 o'clock. Jamie's question of the day is next. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station. Double T 97.3. Okay, so we're going to go to Red Raider basketball again today. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty simple one. I feel like we need to make predictions. Okay. So I want you to tell me where you think the Red Raiders will finish in the Big 12 standings this year. Oh. And if you think that will be enough to get them into the NCAA tournament. Okay. Um, yes, I think they whatever they do will be enough to get into the Big 12 uh, NCAA tournament. I think they'll finish 500 or above. I think you'll finish 
Um, I'm going to say sixth in the Big 12. I'll give I'll give the Red Raiders six. I think you got uh, Kansas will be ahead of them. Uh, Houston will be ahead of them. Texas will be ahead of them. Baylor will be ahead of them. And then I think they'll be. And and I'm curious about K State after their the loss to USC. I still think they're going to be a good basketball team. Uh, I think eight will get into uh, the tournament uh, this year and uh, put the Red Raiders at sixth. Okay. It's a really good question um, as we lead into this basketball season because we don't know anything yet. We, we, we've seen the exhibition game with A&M, mm-hmm. but that's just one. We, don't, we, we, we think we know what the offense is going to look like. We think we know what the defense is going to look like, but we don't know. We, we start to find that out tonight. And the chemistry project that you've got to put together this year with the, the team building it together mm-hmm. – could go really well. It could also not go really well. Uh, I think somewhere in the middle, seven to eight is about where I'm expecting them to be. I think that can get you into the tournament. I don't know that it does. Um, I, I think it's in the neighborhood of, I think you're a bubble team in that area. But uh, as I'm saying that, I wouldn't be upset with that if, if you're in that kind of range. For as bad as it went last year, that would be a giant leap forward. So I'm cautious about expectations because there's still so much unknown at this point. But I'm I've still got optimism that it's going to be much better than last year. Okay, um, I think I'm at eight. I think you're. I think the potential is there for nine Big Twelve teams to get in. So I'm going to say eight is going to get you into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I definitely would add to those those four that you mentioned, Chuck, that I think were the no-brainers there. Mm-hmm. I would definitely add, I think, Iowa State and Kansas State in front of the Red Raiders. There's okay. six, so I'm giving a little leeway there. There's nobody else that really jumps out at me that says that. They'll definitely be in front of you. Um, I think the other four you had were dead on. So I think the Red Raiders are in, and and I'll tell you, um, you know, sometimes I, you know, kind of goof on us for changing our season football predictions, <laughs> you know, over talk at a luncheon or whatever. Right. Uh, I'm going to tell you that the A&M win and the exhibition game, I feel like I'm, I'm putting a lot of stock in that because I think I was on the other side of the bubble before that game. But to see how well you played against a good team – uh, first time out there together um, has me, you know, excited and feeling like, yeah, maybe this team's going to be better than, than I thought. Maybe they're going to gel a little bit, you know, quicker than I thought. So, yeah, I got you. Uh, I have you on the right side of the bubble now in the NCAA tournament. It's amazing how we can use the ex- the exhibition game as no matter what we want it to be. Yeah, like- I'm, a, I'm a little bit embarrassed with myself. I mean, it's an exhibition game. But it feels like both teams were trying to win. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, even if you came up short in that game, I mean, if you had lost 89-84, I think I would have been really encouraged by that. Yeah, I would think I was encouraged by the speed of the team. I was encouraged by the way that you shot the three. Um, I mean, you kept pace with the team that uh, some have, you know, at uh, 15th in the country, a top 25 team, oh, no doubt. I, I think <clears throat> a couple things that are going to help you <clears throat> is your schedule. I mean, you play K-State once, you play Kansas once. You do play at 
at West Virginia, but um, it, it's not. I mean, you have to play Texas twice and Oklahoma State twice, and um, I, I don't know. I just I, I feel like that. With I have the, to play Oklahoma State twice or get to play Oklahoma State twice right, after their first game. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Feels like I get to. Sure, get to. Okay, but I mean, it's not like you know in the past where you played everybody twice home and away, and you know, so you kind of feel like okay, maybe maybe there's some advantages here. Um, you know, within the schedule and, and teams are allowed to be better than, than what you think they're going to be too, obviously, as you, as you go through the season. I mean, and we can say all we want about, Hey, BYU and, and UCF and, and Cincinnati. Um, but those are, those are additions to your schedule. You feel like that you should maybe have a opportunity to win once or twice. So I don't know. I think, um, I, I, I'm encouraged by what we've seen so far. I mean, and we haven't, even, you know, we've seen the one exhibition game, um, and so yeah, it'll be. You're not really sure what you got here, but I feel like you got something. And um, you know, if I'm if I'm wrong by a place or two, I think that still gets you into the tournament. Because I think I think you're right. I think eight teams are going to make the tournament. I think it could even possibly be nine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. The Oklahoma State loss was extremely surprising. I think Grant has something good going with this squad. All right. Last year, TCU was the big talk in basketball in the conference. And what has happened to them this year? Okay. I have concerns about our size in a very physical conference. Okay. Uh, Steven says, what a beautiful morning. Everyone have a great day. Thank you, Steven. Thanks, Steven. Yeah. You too. Bring a little, bring a little cheer to this November morning. Um, and it's, and it's going to be difficult to kind of get a true test, but you will on November 22nd when you play Villanova, uh, the 30th when you play Butler, um, and then you have uh, the games in the in the Bahamas as well. So uh, other games. So it it uh, you know I, I don't know how much you're going to learn tonight or Sunday or even next Thursday, but I think what you want to see you want to see some domination, right? Uh you would like to. Yeah. 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 And stay healthy. And stay healthy, yeah. So we'll we'll see we'll see what uh, happens tonight with the Red Raiders. They take on uh, Texas A and M Commerce. We'll have it for you at six, and uh, the tip is at seven tonight at United Supermarkets Arena. Hope we have a big crowd tonight. Hope we have a have a good nice big crowd tonight. Mm-hmm. So uh, looking forward to uh, to seeing the boys in action uh, this evening over at United Supermarkets Arena. It is. 7.40 this morning on the Morning Drive. Boom, boom, boom is next. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Today is Wednesday. It's the day the work gets done. It's uh, hopefully going to be a great day for you and for me and for everybody else with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire and Chuck Hines. We come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. Look forward to hearing from you in the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double or the mobile app. Um, new college football playoff poll came out. Why? Why am I bored by this? Are you bored by this? Because Texas Tech isn't involved. Well, that's. I mean, that's that's one thing. But I mean, it's just it's the same old, same old. You know, Ohio State is now number one. Georgia's two. Michigan's three. Florida State's four. That's at least one new team. Then you have Washington 5, Oregon 6, Texas 7, Alabama 8, 
Ole Miss 9, Penn State 10. I mean, I guess, I don't know, just, just feels, it just feels awful boring. I think you're both right. Okay. It's Texas Tech's not involved, and it's the same teams every year, uh, every time. The mm-hmm. fun thing would be if Texas Tech was involved, both problems get solved. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> I think you got your answer. Okay. Just, I think it's that's just, why you're bored. I mean, with it. it's just, it's just, mm-hmm. and there's, it doesn't. Uh, do you think we're going to have any? I mean, will there be any well, when kind there's of drama? twelve? When there's twelve, that'll be more entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be at least eight new teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that'll be next year. So, but it just, it just feels like, oh man, just there's no end of season, just like thrill of the hunt kind of stuff. It just feels like you got five teams that are. That are nine and zero. Do you think? You know the the sad part, and I, I'm someone that enjoys watching bowl games around the, the holidays, mm-hmm. um, and still probably will or whatever. But the 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 sad part for me is when your team's struggling, your team's not in it. I'm less excited. Yeah. To watch bowl games. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, I, I think that's a that's a big factor. Not only are you not in it, mm-hmm. but things are not going well. Right. And. And, and so anything college football right now tastes bad. Yeah. At least it is for me. I'll just speak for myself. I don't want to speak mm-hmm. for everybody. And I mean, this Michigan deal is, I don't know, crazy. So that's been somewhat just intriguing. Yeah, because yeah. now you have word that Michigan is now accusing teams of, of sign stealing their signs and then aka i know you are <laughs> but what am i <laughs> well and then, yeah, but then and then so i mean it's just it's i'm just, rubber you're glue anything uh, you say about me bounces <laughs> off me and sticks to you yeah so <laughs> what is that i've never heard that before what that, you never, never heard i'm rubber you're glue whatever you say Huh. Of me, six on you. Never heard that. Wow, one. you were never at the right age, apparently. <laughs> it's just different era. <laughs> it's just different era, yeah. yeah. Do you so, know circle, circle, dot, dot? No. Now you've had your cootie shot? shot? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Liar, liar, pants on fire? Yeah, no, that one we know. One. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Chuck didn't get his cootie shot. <laughs> right? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> that could explain some things. Hey, bada, 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 hey, bada, 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 hey, bada, 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 hey. <laughs> Pitches yeah. off his rocker just like Betty Crocker, right? How about that one? Oh, yeah, oh. you like that? I'm not as good as we need a pitcher, not an underwear stitcher. <laughs> oh, I've never heard that one. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see here. A bullfighter writes in, man, I love hearing the world champion Texas Rangers. Still, kind of doesn't feel real. Thank you all for adding that. It basically makes my day. That's we did it for you, bullfighter. And oh, by the way, bullfighter, a little special communique to you. Uh, I had a piece of the uh, piece of the beef uh, the jerky that you brought by. Uh, I had the hot jerky uh, right before uh, my basketball game last night, and it tasted really, really good, really, really good. Uh, been getting prepared for Board of Regents meeting at eleven. Like my new suit, I bought uh, Lubbock fits great chaparral blue. Any breaking news I missed? No, no, no breaking news. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal with Michigan. Now they've sent documents to the Big Ten that the school believes three conference teams engaged in communication about the Wolverine signals last year. 
The three teams are Rutgers, Ohio State, and Purdue. Sources said Purdue uh, took Michigan took on Michigan in the Big Twelve Championship, Big Ten Championship games. Supposedly received offensive signals from uh, Ohio State and defensive signals from Rutgers. Michigan beat Rutgers and then beat Ohio State. That clinched the East Division. Um, should, does this matter? No. Okay. Uh, no matter what those other teams were doing wrong, it doesn't say make. Oh well, those they were they were chatting, they were sharing signals, they were they figured out yours and they were sharing them with other schools. It mm-hmm. doesn't make it okay for what Michigan did. Okay. Okay. Um, the information passed along is not expected to impact the Big Ten's potential discipline for Michigan under the sportsmanship policy. NCAA rules do not prohibit in-game sign stealing, but bar schools from off-campus scouting in advance of games, which I think is a silly rule. I think that's a silly rule. I mean, if, if I mean, every high school coach in America goes to, and even the middle school or junior high or whatever, they go to each other's games to scout, or they have people that go and scout. I just think it, I think it's stupid. I think that's a stupid. They don't rule. allow. They don't allow them to um, record it though. But they also they also bar schools from off campus scouting in advance of games. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Michigan should have to forfeit some games because of this? Or well, be if ruled? that's a rule, then yes. Okay. Even if you think the rule is stupid, if mm-hmm. the rule's in place, they have to play by it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, the Big Ten recently sent, according to this ESPN article, Michigan a notice of disciplinary action. Um, in the event it becomes clear that an institution is likely to be subjected to disciplinary action, they have until today to respond to the Big Ten, at which time discipline could be imposed. And, and you know what's interesting is a lot of times you hear about these, you know, disciplinary things or these suspensions or forfeiting of games or infractions are usually way after the fact. I find it interesting that this is taking place in season. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm that, glad that makes more that makes more sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Than to punish a Somebody, year or two yeah. later. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it makes me wonder why they can't do that with other stuff. So I, I it's it's uh, it's kind of crazy when you kind of think about all this, and it's like, why, why, why are you doing this? Uh, is it helping the them argument? win? You ready I, for the next argument out of this, though? What's that? So they punish this year's team and take away some wins. Well, the kids didn't cheat. It was the coaching staff that cheated. So now the kids aren't going to be able to go to the premier bowl game that they've earned the right to go to because their coaches were cheating. That's all right. We'll just give them another COVID year. All good. (laughs) Maybe they should just take away the coach. Would that suffice? I think that's going to happen. I didn't. For a while, I didn't think it was, but I do think it's going to happen now. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.